if you believe in your services and you as an agent, you as a person, then it shouldn't be a problem to call that person weekly, call that person four or five times because you know that you're gonna give that person better service than any other agent out there. And so you need to understand that you're not bugging that person, you're helping that person. So the question is this, how do most agents find the secrets to succeed in today's competitive real estate market, especially when the top agents are keeping those secrets to themselves? That's the question, and this podcast will give you the answer. Hi, I'm Aaron Amuchastegui, and welcome to Real Estate Rockstars. Hey, real estate rock star Stephanie Brackett here again today with our special guest, Justin Robbins, coming to us from Utah, a little tiny mountain town, right? Yep. Tiny little ski town. That's awesome. So tell, tell us real quick, first of all, how long have you been in the business? So I've been an agent for 15 years. I uh, got in the business just about a year before the, the last shift in the market, so... Okay. And was, has most of your business been centered around the Utah Huntsville area or have you gone other places? Yeah. So actually most of my business is the Salt Lake area. Um, I, I tend to do online leads and they respond better in a, a larger city. And then I also okay. have generated um, a ton of leads and business in Tennessee. I started off in Knoxville. I lived there for about a year. And then again, I found that um, larger cities tend to have uh, the type of population that's going to click on a, an online ad that I was comfortable doing. So I ended up switching over to Nashville. And yeah, so I've uh, been able to experience kind of, you know, both sides of the, the spectrum from one side of the U.S. to the other side and learned what works in Utah doesn't work in Tennessee and vice versa. So. Oh, interesting. So that's an interesting little phenomenon that, that the same marketing yeah. ads in Utah don't work in Tennessee. So yep. tell me a little bit about yeah. that. What did you notice was different? Um, so like, for example, in Utah, especially when the, the shift happened, um, what I did is I looked at old ads from, say, the 1970s and 80s in the newspaper, and oh, I just remodeled them, so to speak. Uh, so for example, you know, they advertised a lot of short sales. I then called them pre foreclosures rather than a short sale. Cause at that time, as, as you know, everybody, you know, advertised, Hey, come to my site, see a list of short sales that did not work in Tennessee. They wanted nothing to do with short sales. Even the agents I spoke with, um, they wouldn't even take a short sale for a listing. So it, it was quite an eye opener. Yeah. But, but the ad, I mean, I killed it from, about 2009 to 2014 on, on that one simple ad, you know, Hey, come here to search pre foreclosures updated every 15 minutes. And I, I mean, I killed it. Interesting. And, and when you say killed it, like what, what was the volume of leads you were generating off of those ads and where were you running them? So I was running them mainly on uh, Facebook and I generated over a okay. hundred thousand leads, a hundred thousand leads. And, and how many of those converted do you think? 
So we had right around a three and a half percent conversion rate. And so I, I did things a little bit different. Um, I tried the team aspect and I learned really quick. The best explanation I can say is one of my good friends in title. He said, you know, Justin, you know, so-and-so walks into a room and everybody loves that person. He's like, you walk into the room and everybody thinks you're an a-hole. <laughs> like, so I, I learned really quick that, that my specialty was generating leads and was not okay. running a team. So I reached okay. out to some of the larger teams like Josh Johnson out of Salt Lake and actually just created a deal where he managed the team. I generated the leads. They paid me a 25% referral. And so I think oh, our best year we had, yeah, our best year we did 306 referrals. Wow. Wow. So, so very, very yeah. heavily referral based business because yes. you are in the business of generating leads almost more than you are servicing clients. You're yeah. a lead generation machine. Yeah. Yep. Okay. So how has that transitioned over the years as the market has shifted? How often are you switching up those ads and how has your lead generation changed as the market has shifted, you know, through COVID and then now through interest rate hikes, it's just constantly fluctuating. Yeah. So I, I used pretty much the same ads for, Probably until about 2017 is, is where I saw the market shift. And that's probably where, where a lot of the agents saw the market shift to where we started, you know, seeing 10, 15 offers. We started having to go above list. When that happened, um, I saw that the leads weren't being actively, uh, you know, contacted. Because if anybody who's listening does internet leads, they understand that it's not just a one and done thing. You don't call one time. You don't call two times. You, you know, you generally follow up. I think the last statistic I looked at is the average home buyer starts online uh, six to eight months before they're ready to start looking. And the average home buyer as of last year spent 124 hours looking for a home. And so what I noticed is, is when the market shifted to where there was multiple offers and, and everybody has been buying a home, everybody, you know, cousin, aunts, friends, family, I noticed the agents didn't want to follow up with the leads that took time. And so I kind of shut that model off of the referral in about 2017. And I started really uh, doing some soul searching on, you know, how I could generate a lead that didn't require the follow up needed. And that's what I was telling you earlier. That's where I uh, came up with showmerebates.com. And that's just a, it's a custom built site. We started in 2017. I've, I've had to actually have it custom coded from the ground up. Um, but it actually takes the buyer agent commission that's offered on an MLS listing. And then the agent can plug their, what, what rebate they're willing to offer back. And so then it automatically calculates that. So the buyer can actually search houses um, based upon not only the price of the home, but as well as what rebate they're going to get back. And by doing that, it's, it's created a lead that I can now, you know, introduce myself once or twice, do a follow-up every here and, you know, here and there with like a, a drip campaign or a text. And it's just had a lot higher conversion. And so that's kind of the model I'm, I'm dealing with right now that's, that's showing very successful. Interesting. Okay. Interesting. So as the market has, I mean, you mentioned the shift and you talked about the, the long-term nurtures, the long-term leads. How have you, how have you found that it's 
like affecting agents in the business that are not willing to, to work those long-term leads. Cause for the past two or three years, yeah. they've been short-term. Everybody's buying a house. Like you said. Yeah. Yep. Um, I mean, the best I can answer that is, is with the, the, you know, the knowledge and the experience I have currently. And so, and forgive me, I'm not trying to give a plug on show me rebates, but I allow other agents to sign up for that and they can, you know, show up for homes in different zip codes. That being said, just in the last two weeks, we've seen us go from 40 agent profiles to 94 agent profiles. Um, and so when oh, I wow. reach out to some of the agents and say, hey, I saw that you received a lead, uh, most of them, and, and, and this is referring to agents that have been in the business, you know, seven years or less, but almost every single one of them is, hey, I shot them a text because they requested to see a home I haven't heard back. And, and, and one in particular, I said, I said, well, have you picked up the phone and called? And she says, well, heavens no. I don't like people calling me. And I said, they requested to see a home. And, and, and I get that mindset, but you've got to get out of that mindset, especially in this market, because you're going to work for these leads. I, I, I hate to sound prudent, but you need to get past what do you care what that person thinks about you? because you're truly out there to help them. And so picking up that phone and helping them, if you believe in your services and you as an agent, you as a person, then it shouldn't be a problem to call that person weekly, call that person four or five times, because you know that you're gonna give that person better service than any other agent out there. And so you need to understand that you're not bugging that person, you're helping that person. And, and again, you've just got to get past the fact that some people may hate you and that, that is what it is. And probably one of the best stories I ever heard, and I forgive me, I don't remember what coach said it, but he said that uh, they were calling for sale by owners and a lady called right before lunch and the guy just blew up at her. I mean, had this girl in tears. So she hung up the phone, she went to lunch, she came back didn't realize she called the exact same guy back until after he answered. <laughs> Just that difference of an hour time frame, he didn't remember the call, and she ended up setting appointment, listing his home, and selling it. And so it just goes to show that, again, that's another great reason to follow up with people, um, just for the sheer fact that it allows you, you know, some people are busy. You might be busy at this moment, but you might be in a better mood at the next moment. So again, outside of the follow-up, I don't know. I just, I just get too many agents, especially the new agents telling me I don't want to call because I don't want to bug people. And they just have to get past that because you might bug them one time. The next time might be the perfect time that they're ready to hear, you know, uh, hear your pitch. So. Yeah, that's super interesting. And I, I know people I talk to all the time in the industry, especially the new ones, they're doing the same thing they were doing last year. And they're not getting the results yep. they were getting last year and they're getting super frustrated and they don't understand yep. that, you know, they have to change with the market. They can't just keep doing what they were doing before and expecting to do Correct. the same numbers. It's this, I mean, yep. you know, and I both know back in 2007, we ran a completely different 2007, eight, nine, 10, you ran a completely <laughs> different business than you do today. It's totally a hundred percent different. The way you talk to people, the way you reach out to people, the messaging that you're giving them, yep. it's completely different. And if you're not willing to change with the market, the market will pass you by and you'll be left in the dust. Well, and, and on, yeah, on that as well, um, 
if anybody's in Utah, they know the Justin Udy team. It's probably, I think he's the second largest team, uh, producing team at Century 21 here in Utah. And I spoke to him the other day. I said, you know, on leads, sometimes you get bad phone numbers. I said, I'm having a hard time getting agents to understand that you need to do whatever you can to search that person out, whether, you know, Facebook, stalk them, Instagram. There's also services that get you the, the real actual number. And he said that he just listed a two and a half, and forgive me, I may be off on the price, but it was either a, a one and a half million or two and a half million dollar commercial property that the guy actually filled in the form on his, uh, his site with the wrong number. He paid $4 for a service, got his real number, listed the property. So again, it just goes back. If you're going to take anything away from the show, it stop having the mindset that you're bugging people or, or pressing on their time. Get rid of that mindset. Right. I mean, they, they reached out or they raised their hand for a reason. They, they said, hey, I need yep. help. And yep. they're not asking you, they're not telling you what kind of help or what the best way to contact them is. They're, they're not saying, hey, I need help, but only text me or I'm not going to answer yep. or, hey, I need yep. help, but only show up at my office. They just need help. Exactly. And we have to be willing as agents to do whatever we can to help them. And that may be like you said, doing dig, doing some digging, trying to find yep. them on Insta or Facebook or LinkedIn. There's there's other ways to work the business, but the people who are willing yep. to put in the work and do the hard things are the ones that'll actually survive any sort of a real estate market, any shift in any real estate market. Exactly. And, and, and there's even shifts. I mean, yep. like All I right. said, in, two, in 2017, there's even shifts in a good market that you have to adjust to. There, there's so many shifts. Oh, and that's, you know, I teach a class called Shift Your Operations Like a Boss, and that's one of the things we talk about. You have to determine yep. what kind of a shift you're in because we're always shifting. And in 2020, exactly. we all realized that the market shifted for COVID, and we learned how to do things we had never done before. We learned how to compete <laughs> when there was going to be 45 other offers. We learned how to yep. show houses without ever stepping foot in the house. We learned how exactly. to do virtual open houses. We learned all sorts of new things because the market forced us to learn them or we would have been obsolete. And so the market's yep. trying to teach us something. And what you're saying is the market's teaching us to dig in and work the leads in ways yep. that we've never tried before. Exactly. All right. I love that. That's really awesome advice. Okay. So tell me a little bit about... Um, what you're seeing locally, what is your high, and what's the difference between your hyper, hyper local market there in Utah where you're at and the Tennessee market so people can realize that there are, there are local shifts. They're, they're not all the same. And, and they're not. You're, you're absolutely right. So let's take Tennessee, for example, and I'll just say homes out in the sticks, they're just not selling like they were, where during the COVID time, people are wanting to get out of the city, they're working from home. They want that five, 10 acres, you know, an hour outside a big city. Well, now we've done that shift, you know, hyper locally. And so Nashville, for example, people are coming back into the city, but the home has to be priced well. And that's the same across the board, even here in Utah. Homes are still selling. They just have to be priced right. I mean, we had, I think in January, we had like 1,900 homes on the market. And I haven't looked in the last month, but I think we're up around 10 or 11. That we might even be more. Um, and so wow. really if I've got 10 homes to look at as a buyer and they all look similar, 
I'm going to go with the least priced one or the seller that's willing to provide the most. And so I love when these new agents say, hey, I've had 20 showings, but no offers. And it's like, it's the price. Well, no, it's not the price. It fits into the, it's always the price. Well, I think it's the carpet. Then it's the price. You, the price is always the issue. And something that I'm starting to introduce with my listings that um, worked really well in say 2010, 2011, is if the seller wants to be greedy and they wanna list it at X amount of price that their neighbor sold for six months ago, that's great. I'll list it at that, but I'm not in the business to have homes that don't sell. I'm in the business to sell homes. So that being said, I'll agree to list it at this price as long as you agree that we do a five to $10,000 price reduction weekly until we hit that magical spot. And if the seller's not willing to, to, yep. to take it, I'm not gonna take the listing. And that's something a, a lot of these agents need to realize that doing busy work doesn't make you money. You need to learn when to say no. Um, Sometimes we're not the right fit for the seller. Sometimes we're not the right fit for the buyer. And in this market, we have to conserve time. We have to conserve money, gas. You've got to be selective and you've got to, you know, work with the people that you want to work with. Even if that means saying no, because I promise you going through the business, being desperate in 2008, 2009, um, desperation will never, those never turn into sales. And so you might as well not even waste yeah. your time. And, and focus on the ones that are willing to respect your time and respect your expertise. I love that. And, and, you know, you mentioned that, that you're having this conversation up front and you're setting expectations as to what's going to happen. And, and in a market that's shifting like this, where days on market is starting to creep up, getting longer and longer, prices <laughs> are starting to come down. We're not getting list price expectations yep. is the most important conversation you can have with a seller. If you have great yep. expectations conversations, then like you said, you're calling for a price reduction and they're like, yeah, I knew I was getting this call. Like he told me I was getting this call. <laughs> if we don't yep. set great expectations, you know, you make the call to get a price reduction and they're like, well, you told me I could sell my house for this much. Why are you asking me to reduce the price? Why aren't you selling my house? It's your fault yep. suddenly, not the market's fault. So yep. what does that conversation look like? to really set those expectations with a seller in this current market? What are you saying to those sellers to make sure they're 100% clear on what's gonna happen when they when their house hits the market? Uh, so I actually do an addendum, giving giving the permission that, to do that every, you know, every week or two weeks. It depends on where the seller's at. I mean, sometimes they, you know, they may want it on the market two weeks before you make that decision. Um, and then maybe they're okay with the price reduction every two weeks. But I try to, I try to go, two weeks on the market, if we haven't had X amount of buyers and at least X amount of offers, then that addendum goes into place. We do a price reduction at two weeks and then I prefer a weekly price reduction, but I'll be honest, that's it's, it's more difficult to get that. So generally it's a price reduction every two weeks, but yeah, I set the expectation right up front. We do an addendum automatically agreeing to their lowest bottom line price because you know, the best way to explain it, it's like throwing a bunch of knives in the air and trying to catch a falling knife. The problem is, is if you list your home over price, then we lower it. Well, then the neighbor lists their home at what price it should be. Well, now we've got to go lower than theirs. And then it's just this game to try to catch up. And it's, you've got to set that expectation for pricing right off, right off the bat. Cause you know, trying to catch falling knives is, is generally 90% not successful. So. 
right? You end up chasing the market down, which was a term we heard all the time back in the day that no one's used in the past 10, 15 years. You chase the market down (laughs) and it's never, it never ends well. It ends with, you know, a mad seller that's irritated at you. It ends up with not even getting the price we could have gotten had we just priced it right in the first place. We end up lower than what we would have. Yeah. Because then people wonder, well, and people wonder what, what's wrong with the home? Why hasn't this home sold? I mean, how many sellers are calling you or buyers are calling you right now saying, Stephanie, I see this home on XYZ street. It looks phenomenal, but it's had two price reductions. Why? And you know, we as a buyer's agent just have to explain, Hey, well, the listing agent, the seller listed the price wrong, blah, blah, blah. But if, if a buyer doesn't make that call to their agent and that agent doesn't have the experience to explain why the price reductions, a lot of people just overlook that home. And so then, like you said, you list it, you end up getting less than what you would have if you listed it right the first time. So. Yep. Yep. And, and you know, that, that conversation's hard to have with those sellers up front. And if people get really good at the script, it's all scripting, yep. right? It's script. not, there's no, it's not rocket science. It's, it's a script. And the script yep. that we always used in our business was, hey, we're going to go ahead and put your house on the market and the market's going to respond to the price that we listed at. And the market's going to tell us if we did a really great job or if we need to make some adjustments. And so how I'm going to gauge that is we're going to put it on the market. If we go 10 days with no showings, we're priced far over the market value. Yeah. We're not even getting people in the house. If we go yep. 10 showings with no offers, we're priced fairly close to where we need to be. However, what something once we get there, there's some issue with the home that's not warranting the price we're asking and it's not providing offers. And, and when you have that conversation with them, like you said, we're blaming the market. It's not my fault yep. as the listing agent anymore. You know, and if you don't have that conversation and you call for the price reduction, like I said before, it's instantly your fault as the listing agent. You screwed up. But if we can, if we can have those conversations, it's all the market's fault. None of it's my fault. It's the market's fault. Exactly. That's interesting. I love that you're doing that. So, and very interesting that the markets are different, so vastly different different in the sticks. Yeah. In the, you know, out in the sticks, people are starting to come back to the city. Yep. Very, very interesting. So people have to get super, super smart and study their hyper local market in order to be able to, you know, adjust their scripts to match yep. whatever's happening in the local market. E- even right. the so tell me running. a little bit. Of course. And you know, what's funny. I find it fascinating. When I was talking to people a couple of weeks ago, I was mentioning, you know, have you gone back and redone your like, 10 days of pain ads. You know, I got that from Ben Kinney. He runs a 10 days of pain. A new lead comes in and you like hit them hard for 10 days. And when I mentioned, have you gone back and looked at the messaging on your 10 days of pain? I got some giant deer in the headlight looks like, oh crap, because they realized they were sending auto texts that said, hey, interest rates are at an all time low. It's a great time to buy. They hadn't looked at their scripts or the messages they had been sending out for the past year. And you have to dig through every system you have right now and make yep. sure that your messaging matches the market because exactly messaging from a year ago, it certainly does not match the current market. Real estate rock stars. This is Aaron Amuchastegui with a quick commercial break, but you guys have been hearing these ads 
follow-up boss, right? They've been one of our longest standing sponsors of the podcast. And heck, most of you guys actually use follow-up boss. You've heard from so many of our interviews when we're asking people, what is your favorite CRM? Follow-up boss is by far the most trusted picked CRM that we hear from people that we're interviewing. You know, follow-up is huge. As an investor, there are so many times recently that we reached out one extra time to somebody that two months ago said they thought about selling us the house. And by just following up again, they said, yes, I'm ready to sell today. And they didn't know us from anybody. They were gonna say yes to the next person that reached out. And it was the fourth or the fifth time that we reached out to them. So follow-up is important as an agent, as an investor, as everything. You know, follow-up boss gets you and your team totally organized contacts leads all in one place they have like 250 integrations to all the other things out there for like texting phones voicemails all the other products that are out there it helps you convert leads to deals and then you decide how you want to expand and exactly when that happens for your business so tons of guests in here here's a couple of our guests saying what they like about follow-up boss i think follow-up boss gives you the most integrations Mm -hmm. that are simple and it gives you the best ability to go and integrate large things into one single solitary platform. Um, it tracks everything that I need. I can customize it if I want. If I want to go smart list based, that's fine. If I want to go task based, it's fine. It just really helps me never drop a ball because it, it's so user friendly. Also, before I forget, Follow Up Boss is hosting FubCon. Yes, FubCon 2022. It's an annual event hosted by Follow Up Boss the leading CRM in the real estate industry. The three-day event is packed with actionable tips, strategies that agents can use to double their listings, convert more buyers, and create systems that their agents love using. And right now, as the market gets tougher, a conference like this is exactly the thing you need. The keynote speakers are some of the most iconic agents in the business, and they're sure to inspire and motivate attendees. In addition to educational sessions, there'll be plenty of networking opportunities with some of the industry's brightest real estate professionals. FubCon is a perfect opportunity to learn and take your business to the next level. I hope you check it out. So tell me a little bit about when you first got into business, if you could go back right now and change anything that you did in your career in these past, you know, 15 some odd years, what would you do differently? I would have joined a team. I would have uh, gone okay. past the money. Yeah, gotten past the mindset of, uh, you know, prosper prosperity versus um, scarcity. And because looking back, I had the scarcity mindset to where I'm not going to go join a team and give up 50% of my commission. But yet I struggled for three, four years. I even halfway through decided I was going to be a, a waiter part time uh, just <laughs> to be able to pay bills. That lasted maybe a month. I hated it. Um, and then I went back and, and decided even if I have to start calling out of the phone book, I'm going to make this work. So, but yeah, if I, if I was to do it again, I would, uh, yeah, I would definitely join a team. I would, I would join a team and I would have a goal set that I'm going to be learn as much as I can and take away as much as I can from it in one year. And in one year have a, have a expectation set that I'm going off on my own. Um, but yeah, hands down, that would have saved me a grundle. Um, I like to say that I've, oh, I'm trying to remember how much I've spent, but it was, I'd have to go back and look, but it was, it was close to half a million on advertisement and I've spent that. Wow. And I say that I could have been a doctor for the education, but I've received a great education, but 
I could have received that same education, uh, you know, going with a team, learning what they do for ads, learning their script, learning what works. So um, a, a wise guy once told me you only pay for something once. And then if you're an idiot, you pay for it twice and a third time. But pay for it once, learn it, and don't pay for it again. Interesting. Yeah. And, you know, the team concept, it, some teams will be big enough for you to grow underneath their umbrella and stay there forever. Correct. And I think it's interesting what you said, because a lot of teams, um, you said that, you know, you went and got a, a part-time job as a waiter. To, instead of joining a team, you did that. And, and most people, they don't want to join a team because they say they don't want to give up the freedom. But now you just tied yourself to a part-time job where there is zero freedom in order to not have to join a team. So I think it's interesting that that's kind of the thought process that went through your yeah. head. You're like, I hate this. <laughs> I should have just joined a team. Looking back, a team would have been the answer. Right. Give up, give up 50% right, or so go work as a waiter. So... <laughs> Yeah, 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 yeah. Give up 50%, but like, what's the value proposition? And that's, and that's, yeah, you know, that's yeah. a, an Tremendous. eye opener to people out there listening to this who are running teams. Like, what value proposition can you give to these agents like yourself that were solo agents back then floundering, which we're going to yeah. have a lot more of these now because the market's shifting and it's hard work. What, is. you know, what value proposition can you push out to these agents that makes it attractive for them to join the team? Hey, come, come join my team. I can help you through this shift. So yep. it's a, it's a good lesson for both solo agents. Go join a team and for teams, Hey, provide enough value so that you can attract these agents and they'll keep, they'll keep being on your team for indefinitely and providing value to you as you provide value to them. Yep. All right. So tell me about a mistake you think you made in your career that you look back on now and you're like, you know what? I'm, I'm glad I did that. I'm glad I screwed that up because I learned a really good lesson on that one. Oh, God. Um, I don't know if we have enough time for that. <laughs> um, <laughs> so this one I've actually never told anybody. <laughs> So, uh -oh. and this okay, will be a, a very good lesson for the agents who are going into a shifting market. Um, I won't okay. give the agent's name, but <laughs> so I had a new construction and it was in the dead of the market. And we were, uh, let's see, at, we we're a couple days from closing and the lender calls, of course, and says, Hey, we need to delay closing for a week. And so I, I, uh, I called the agent and I said, Hey, we need to delay closing for a week. And he says, you know, he kind of got, he got a little arrogant and ignorant. And he says, well, we need to take X amount more money to be able to push it. And I, I got cocky as a young agent. And I, I said, you're kidding me. Try going selling it in this market. Good luck. And well, he did that weekend and they actually sold it for more. And so my buyer lost his earnest money, oh, which I ended up, yep. I ended up having to pay. Uh, thank goodness he did buy a house with me uh, a couple weeks later, so I, I I received most of it back. But yeah, even in a bad market, uh, stay polite. Do not do not uh, get arrogant or cocky and think that that agent or seller can't sell to someone else, because uh, even in a bad market, you would be surprised. So <laughs> that was a very early on mistake that I made, and it was a That's costly mistake. Wow. Wow. And, and it's just a little <laughs> yeah. bit of ego, right? You got to check that yep. ego at the door because you think, oh, yep. 
Yeah. You, you, good luck, you guys. You know, it's funny you say that because I moved to Idaho in 2004. So it was still a good market. The market was really good. The house I made an offer on, I, like I looked at the house and I was like, oh, I think I want to buy that house. And it had been on the market for nine months. Like it had been sitting there for nine months because it was in the higher end of the Idaho market, you know, and I was moving from Las Vegas, which was oh, okay, way more expensive. So, you know, I had a lot of money to put down on the house. And so I was like, we don't need to make an offer right away. Like it's, it's been on the market for nine months. So I finally called the agent and I'm like, yeah, we're ready to make an offer. We want to offer such and such. He's like, well, we just got another offer. Like they got two offers in the same day on this house that I was cocky thinking I'm going to get it for way less than list price. And it's been on the market nine months. So like you said, you can't, you can't make any assumptions regardless of what the market's like. If your buyer wants yep. the house and you want to buy it for them, like you still have to do all the things to get them the house. The market can yep. turn around and bite you in the butt in an instant, yep. regardless of what's yep. going on. <laughs> Interesting. All right. So let me ask you one more question before we wrap up. If you had a magic pill that could remove one source of pain from your business, what would that be? Oh, honestly, follow up. That's the most time okay. consuming. Um, I have very high ADD and it is a struggle every day to sit down and make the calls. If, if, if I could take a pill that would make follow up disappear and, and I don't care, you know, even with show me rebates and offering a rebate that does take a lot of the headache out, but it doesn't, it, it'll never, there's no substitute for follow up. You, you can decrease it and technology can help with it. But I'm, I'm telling you this, this day and age with Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, you people forget to pick up the phone. I mean, the best, and, and I'm trying to remember, I think it was Zig Ziglar that said this, but, you know, you want to be face-to-face, belly-to-belly, and there's so much truth in that. You, you, need to, you need to humanize everything. You need to pick up that phone and call, and especially as this market gets tougher, which I'm sure, you know, I mean, obviously we hope and pray it doesn't, but I'm sure it is going to get tougher. You, yeah. You, the ones who are willing to pick up that phone and make that call every day, are the ones that are going to succeed. You're, you know, yep. if you're a referral-based business, you're still going to have to pick up that phone. You're either going to have to call leads or you're going to have to call your SOI, period. Yeah, there there is no shortcut for lead follow-up. There just isn't. Nope. There's no shortcut. No. You can have systems that'll help with that, but they don't remove the human element. It's like a yep. system-driven, human-enhanced follow-up. Yep. You have the human portion has to be there. We have to pick up the phone. And if you have been yep. in this market for the past three years and you have, you know, you've been phone free since 2003, whatever. I was just trying to make a rhyme, but if you haven't picked up the phone, like now's the time you literally yep. have to pick up the phone. You may have been able to run your business via text and social media for the past three, four years. It's not going to work anymore because someone else yep. is going to pick up the phone and they're going to call that person and you're done. They snagged the lead. So here's, here's the best example. Um, so there's an agent, her name's Amy, and she's been through a shift, so she knows what to do. And she received 47 leads from, from my site over the last month. Wow. She has, seven, she has seven to a lender, seven out of 47 leads, okay? Then we have this other agent, which I won't say the name, but this agent has double that. 
90, uh, 93 leads, I believe, last I checked, and none to a, a lender. Okay. And the difference is, wow. I, I, and I, I asked Amy, I wow. said, what are you doing different? So Amy, uh, basically, she's using essentially the 10 days of pain. She sends a text message every day, puts them in her drip email, really, I mean, basically just hounds them until they say no. Um, that's the difference. But she's picking up that phone. She's sending a text and email every day and calling for the first seven days. The other agent makes a call, makes a text, and then that's it. Doesn't plug them into a drip email, nothing. And when I asked the agent, I said, you know, what has been your source of business for the last, you know, seven years? And this agent replied, referrals. And so, again, if you're a referral-centric agent, that's fantastic. Good for you. I, I've never been that, that type of person. I, I'm just a run-and-gun type person, get as many leads, and just I, I love the thrill of, you know, <laughs> of the sales. So, of the hunt. You're on the hunt. Of the hunt. Yeah. But, uh, you know, if you're a re referral-centric agent, you're going to have to get out. you, you got to remember, you're not calling your aunt. You're not calling your cousin. You've got to pick that phone up. You're going to have to bug them. It's going to be uncomfortable. It does get easier. Yep. So... Yep, that's what we always say about Legion. You know, you get in there and the first phone call you pick up, the first call, it's so hard to make that first call. The second <laughs> one is a little bit easier. The third one gets easier. And then you just start cranking them, which is why you yep. can't let anything interrupt your lead gen. Because if you start lead generating, you're making these calls, the minute you get interrupted, you're back to the first phone call again. And it's like a 75-pound yep. weight to pick up that phone to make that call. So you got to block <laughs> the time and just plow yep. through it and sit down and just make your 50 calls or your 100 calls or whatever it takes, but you gotta make the calls. And like you said, yep. Amy's doing the thing and the numbers are proving that what she's doing is actually working. In a bad market. In a bad market where- With 7% with interest rates. Right, right, where buyers are <laughs> looking at 7% interest rates. Exactly, yep. exactly. That's awesome, perfect. Any other words of wisdom you wanna leave our listeners with today before we head out? Yes. So two things. The best email that I've ever sent and I still send um, is in the headline. I don't care what you put in the body. You can do whatever you want. But in the headline, I put, you left your light on. Oh, interesting. And I, re I remember I received that in 2008 from a company and I don't remember what company. And I was freaking out. I was at the office. I'm like, I left my light on. So I thought <laughs> my house, my car, I opened the email and I'm like, oh, that's a good one. So that is that is my uh, one of my last ditch efforts to get someone to open up an email, and okay. then when I don't have a buyer that's being responsive, when I say a buyer, an online lead okay. um, by text, I usually will send them a text, just random, so it can't be a follow up. It's got to be a couple days later. You haven't spoke with them or anything, no response, and you send them a text and you say, "Hey, now you're looking for seven bedrooms in, like, say you're in Idaho Falls. You're looking in seven bedrooms in Boise, right?" And they're like, and they just have to respond. The human nature, they're like, no, I'm not looking in Boise. I'm looking in Idaho Falls and I'm looking for two bedrooms. And then you have a response. You have them on the hook. And then from there, oh, I'm so sorry. So two bedrooms, Idaho Falls, you know, then go into your qualifying questions and whatnot. So those are probably the two best nuggets going into this market, how to get a response. Awesome. And those are just, hey, this is an internet lead and I need them to yep. connect with me. They have not yep. re they have not responded to any other means I've tried to get a hold of them. I need them to respond. Those are great yep. tidbits. Awesome. You left your light on. 
<laughs> uh, yeah. It, and it's yeah. funny that you don't even remember what company it was from, which no, is, but I remember it. You remember the message. <laughs> yep. Interesting. Not interesting. Awesome. J Justin, it's been awesome to have you today. Love Pleasure. the insight. Love the fact that you've been through a shifted market and give people some practical advice on how to survive this current shifted market. And if I took anything away from it, the whole conversation, it's we have to pick up the phone. We have yep. to pick up the phone and lead generate and follow up with these clients yep. over and over and over. So awesome yep. message. Thank you so much for being here. Thanks for having me. Thanks. All right, real estate rock stars. This is Aaron Muchastegui jumping in again to thank you for listening to the show. Hopefully you guys loved listening to that one. And I want to make sure that you know about all of the extra resources that we have. And also we need your help. They say podcasts are free. You get to listen to podcasts for free. But what is the cost of that podcast? I would say if I could beg you to pay anything for that podcast, I would say the cost of the podcast is going and giving a review. So whether you download it on Google or Apple or YouTube or anywhere else, please go give us a review. Say what you liked, what you didn't like. It helps us get better guests. The more reviews, the higher we get in the rate rankings. Right now, we are the biggest podcast out there for real estate agents, and we want to keep that spot because we know there's lots of podcasts out there. So go give us a review. Also, be sure to go to hybendigital.com. If you liked any of the resources that those real estate agents talked about, We've got a huge video vault of those resources for free. Every penny that comes on the podcast that we interview, they give us something that helps them get their deals or helps them work with their clients. And we put that in the toolbox in our vault for you. So go to hybendigital.com and you can get it. If you're looking for real estate education, go to rebusuniversity.com. We have all sorts of courses in there to help agents succeed in real estate. How to get the listing, how to negotiate deals, you know, how to become an investor, all sorts of different stuff rebusuniversity.com and if you want to chat with me go find me on Instagram if you come find me on Instagram you can send me messages tell me what you want to hear tell me what you liked what you didn't like we try to put a bunch of content out there too you can find me in two different places it's at rerockstars.com for our real estate rockstars page or at erinamuchastegui.com for my personal Instagram page where I can chat with you about all sorts of different things thanks for listening we'll see you again soon This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.